I'm Tracy Jackson, Associate Director at H&H Land and Estates for the North Lakes. In this week's podcast, I'm going to be talking to John Sanderson, who is a consultant working with H&H Land and Estates, providing planning and architectural services. I will be discussing with John the services which he can provide to our clients, how he works with the professional team across all of our branches, and we will gain an insight into the type of work John enjoys doing, and how he has arrived at being a planning consultant. We will also seek some insights from John as to the current planning trends and type of work that he is current, has currently ongoing. And we'll also touch on the government's planning for the future consultation. So John, if we could have a little introduction about yourself, first of all, I understand that you originate from Northeast Yorkshire, but you actually grew up in Hong Kong and then South Yemen. Can you give us an overview of your experience there? Hi there, Tracy. Yes, um, I was born in Saltburn, near, near Whitby, North East Yorkshire. Uh, but I lived there for um, a couple of months with my parents were on annual leave because my father was stationed out in Hong Kong at that time. Uh, so we moved out there for a few years until we, he was reassigned to Aden in southern Yemen um, as he was uh, an old worker uh, working for Shell. Uh, I lived out there with my parents for the next 10 years before returning to England in 1967. Uh, life as a child out there was quite idyllic, um, as only you only went to school in the mornings. as a temperature range between 90 and 110 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, we spent a lot of our time on the beach. Although our lives had been very peaceful for the first six years, uh, terrorist attacks and fighting got worse in the area. Um, and so my parents decided enough was enough, and we were actually evacuated out by the military as the war was intensifying between the various Arab factions. And if my memory serves me right, all women and children were flown out by the RAF, uh, I think it was to Djibouti and then on to Rome and then to England. So it took two days uh, to get home, basically. Um, I had many uh, happy memories of life there as a child, but I had all got a little extreme towards the end. Um, I, from what I found out in later times, my father's boss, Harry Alcorn, who's the head of the uh, Trust Authority, uh, was accused of being a British spy by the Arab regime at the time. And before matters got worse, um, we obviously felt that it was time to go. Great. Very interesting. I also understand, John, that you served for six years in the Royal Navy as a mine clearance and demolition specialist. So what has brought you to becoming a specialist in planning and architecture? Yeah, um, it was quite a long time ago now. Um, I spent six years in the Royal Navy and trained in demolitions, um, but in my fifth year, I had a bad accident during a diving marine clearance operation, so I, I couldn't pursue that. Uh, or I couldn't pursue my ambition to become a fully qualified uh, clearance diver, as my ultimate aim was really to become a diver and uh, get into a marine biology team in civilian life, possibly working out in America or uh, out in the Pacific or somewhere. But um, as my mother was a, an art teacher and I was artistically inclined in that way, I decided to go to uh, Brighton Polytechnic School of Architecture and study for a degree course. Uh, so that was a, quite a, a career change from a life at sea, or in effect under the sea, to uh, what I do today. Uh, both myself and um, 10 other students remained, remained living in Brighton and worked in London once we qualified for the next 22 years, specialising in steel frame buildings such as office blocks, commercial buildings, industrial units and hospitals. Uh, eventually, my wife and I thought it was time for a change and a fresh start away from the big city. And so we moved up to Earthington near Brampton, Carlisle. Um, I was looking for a change of direction anyway and found a, a specialist niche uh, in this market 
so therefore we provide a, a planning and architectural service specifically for the farming agricultural market. So in, in comparison to London, by far I enjoy this particular way of life, uh, this particular type of architecture and sphere of, um, of work is it provides a much more interesting and fluid lifestyle within my daily working life. And I get uh, and I meet an enormously wide range of people within the farming community. I think is a far different um, and more challenging and more interesting uh, way of life than it was in the days of London. Great. Well, yeah, it certainly is a, a different way of life up here in North Cumbria, John. But you work closely with myself in the North Lakes, but you also work with other professionals across the team, including South Lakes and Northeastern Yorkshire. Can you give us an outline as to the services that you provide in conjunction with H&H Land and Estates? Yeah, we're here to provide um, quite a wide range of um, um, services, which include, um, from the beginning, basically, a full measured survey, levelling surveys, topographical surveys, drainage surveys, um, carrying out drainage and percolation tests, um, ground investigations, and obviously preparing um, um, and submission of planning applications, um, design access statements, planning statements, and all of the reports, uh, sort of arranging all the various reports that go with that, as in ecological habitat surveys, tree surveys, contamination reports, archaeological surveys, things like that, which act uh, in support of a planning application. Um, and obviously we do the, um, the building regulations application, which obviously are the structural drawings and detailing um, of agricultural buildings, uh, such as anything from steel portal frame, cattle sheds, grain storage sheds, soil pits, landish pits, lagoons and livery yards. And equestrian, we didn't. We have done quite a large amount of equestrian jobs just recently, um, as well as uh, obviously barn conversions and listed buildings, which we uh, have specialised in in the past. Um, and I've done everything from churches to um, uh, to small uh, thatch cottages dating back to about 1680. Um, you know, to, other other work we have done is we have been responsible for um, eight residential housing developments in, in recent years various sizes ranging from 480 units to uh, 71 units in the Carlisle area. That's great, John. That really is a wide variety of services that you can offer. And it really does allow us to offer the full planning service from inception to completion. What type of work do you find yourself mostly getting involved with? Well, in, in this last year or so, um, we've been I would say it's a 50-50 mix, uh, barn conversions, some residential dwelling, um, quite a lot of agricultural steel frame buildings um, and, a, and a small amount of equestrian work. Um, we are actually working on two um, residential housing estates at the moment and, uh, and uh, quite a large refurbishment to the listed building. So it's still quite varied. Um, I don't think um, things have changed that much. We're still getting quite a wide range of uh, instruction from uh, different quarters in the community. Great. I think there's no escape from the fact that COVID has had an effect on a wide ranging, uh, well, everybody throughout the country. But during lockdown, it did appear that things weren't actually that much different for yourself. You did seem to have plenty of new instructions coming through. Could you share with us what current trends seem to be out there in terms of planning and what applications you are working on? Well, no, it was quite funny. In uh, the last about two months ago, um, I was totally on my own, isolated in the office upstairs. Uh, the only company I had was a couple of seagulls um, and some chicks <laughs> I used to watch every day. Um, 
But no, uh, there is a team of uh, four architects and technicians. Uh, during lockdown, three of us were working from home, uh, and I worked obviously in isolation in the offices upstairs. Um, we found that um, things haven't really changed, and it's mostly the farming community which um, has been um, contacting us. And again, this is mostly um, farm buildings, uh, barn conversions, um, and uh, farm workers' dwellings, and, and things related to farming more so than the general public. Um, although we've had a, a, quite a large deal of, um, of work recently, um, I, I think that um, it is a, a lot more difficult because the planning officers and so forth are also working from home, and it's very, very, it's much more slower to get, um, uh, you know, a planning approval and get to these to the end of a, of a particular job. Um, but although we have had a had to deal with the effects of the coronavirus, the farming community seems to have a, a strength and determination to get on with things, no matter what. And from talking and dealing with many farmers over the last three months, it just seems to be business as usual. And therefore, there has been a constant demand from mainly agricultural projects with a small number of growing inquiries from the general public regarding house extensions and related work, but really more from um, the farming community than anybody else. Great, that's interesting, John. Now, all of these jobs work in quite well with other professional services that we offer at H&H Land and Estates. In terms of applications for developments, uh, we have referrals that come back through you when you've completed housing applications. We can then advertise the plots for sale through our sales team. And also the removal of agricultural occupancy conditions is one that we also work together closely on with the application of agricultural dwellings requiring the preparation of an agricultural dwelling appraisal. We do tend to pass through jobs to you, John, and in, generally in support of agricultural grant applications. So can you just expand a little bit more on um, what you've got on currently? Yes, we try to work. Um, we are very interrelated with all the other uh, departments and teams within H&H. &H. Um, and yes, once we have, uh, for example, one planning approval on a housing development or courtyard barn conversion, we provide the client with the option to contact our sales team at H&H. &H. We provide an excellent sales service. For alternatively, a farmer client um, of H&H &H who, who, uh, who wanted a grant application, for example, a new roof to a silage pit, then we will deal with that planning application in, in that respect. The architectural and planning department work um, is interrelated with the other teams and departments within H&H, &H, providing a comprehensive professional service. In recent months, we have started to develop a strong working relationship with our offices over in the Northeast, and are presently working on a number of residential developments, um, which we're working laser with the sales team uh, in Durham and Morpeth. So not wishing to jinx things, John, but you do have an incredible 100% success rate over a number of years. Do you wish to share any advice for a successful planning application? Yeah. Um, well, um, yes, we have got 100% pass mark in uh, the last 32 years and, and how we do it. There is no magical formula. We just tend to deal with everything back to front. Many of our competitors will submit an, submit an application and try to negotiate afterwards, whereas I tend to contact all of the relevant statutory authorities, especially county highways, county drainage, uh, the housing officer, planning policy, uh, planning case officer, parish council, and negotiate uh, to find a solution uh, before we submit our application or to obtain a written, a written response confirmation of their support for our scheme. So when we submit our application, with all these letters and emails and communications of support and agreement, we're in an incredibly strong position from the offset, just like a preemptive strike. 
the planners have really got nowhere to go because it's all been agreed beforehand. Uh, all the initial work is done at the beginning before we submit. Uh, we tend to monitor the progress of all our applications and try and deal with any problems so that we can resolve any issues before the application gets to the final stage of the process. So we're always in touch with the planners and always trying to work out a solution to any issues and therefore we, we always seem to uh, succeed in the end. Great, thanks for that insight, John. So moving on, on the 6th of August, the government published its consultation on proposals for reform of the planning system in England, which is open until the 29th of October 2020. Through this, the government aims to streamline the current complicated planning system with a view to getting Britain building and turning around developments in a far shorter planning window. The new system will see plans developed locally with land being designated to three categories, being growth areas, renewal areas and protected areas. What's your view on the proposed reforms, John? Yeah, it's interesting, uh, but none of this is... Um through uh, legislation, it's all uh, discussion at the moment, but in our view, um, getting our country building again is an important part of the national recovery from coronavirus. Introducing a zonal planning system to allow more land to be allocated for housing could be transformational and certainly caught the headlines, but it was one of 24 proposals in the white paper. It needs to be remembered that this is a consultation document, and like anything, the devil will be in the detail. With any, any new system, whatever its form, it will take time to implement and will need resources to be effectively implemented. Of more immediate effect, it should be noted that the government has recently amended the General Permit of Development and Uses Classes Order. These changes, which came into force at the beginning of this month, enable owners and developers to convert a wider range of commercial premises into homes without needing planning permission. Owners and developers are also able to demolish freestanding vacant and redundant commercial and residential buildings and rebuild residential purposes within the footprint of the existing building. This new right is intended to boost the number of houses built, but will not apply to in some locations, such as national parks, conservation areas, and listed buildings. Although a planning application is not required, the local authority will still need a prior notification application in order to check on the suitability and sustainability of the, you know, any such scheme. Without sufficient safeguards, there is a concern that the greater use of permitted development rights could lead to poor quality, cramped accommodation without adequate open spaces and services. And this is what I, I'm a little bit worried about. On the one hand, there is a need to increase the housing stock and get the country building again as part of the national recovery from coronavirus. But COVID also highlighted the importance of local green spaces and high quality homes. As such, even following the introduction of these permitted development rights, I consider that strong demand will continue for development in rural locations that can only benefit the farming community. Great, John, that's a really useful update into recent changes. And we are certainly finding on the sales side of things that people are certainly interested in moving to more rural locations. So I'm sure we will see more development in that area. Well, that's been a really interesting insight to your role here at H&H, John, and a good talk through all of the services that you can provide to our clients and your assistance to ourselves. Thank you very much for your time today, John. Yeah, thanks very much. Uh, nice to talk to you, and um, we're here to please. So um, if um, we're always here to, to help, and we um, obviously continue to work interrelated with all the various departments and teams within H&H. &H. Thank you.